Okay, today's stuff is Lamed Hay, and we pick up at the very top of Lamed Hay. And the issue at stake here is the Gemara's question about whether, if you have, uh, there's a principle that Shabbos is koveya for ma'aser, that Shabbos, um, fruit that is not, um, has not yet, the lacha is that a fruit has not had the malacha finished, is in the process of being finished. Um, or even if it has the process being finished, has not yet been re-eat by it, brought indoors, you can eat from it in a temporary way, um, but just not in derech keva. You can snack from it, but you can't like, make a meal out of it. But the Allah is that on Shabbat, um, because of uh, the importance of eating on Shabbat, Shabbat is koveya, which means that it makes it like it's not a snack, it makes it a permanent meal, and you have to take trumo to mas rot. And the Gemara's question is, would that be true? We know that's true about food that has been, is done with the processing. It's nimer malato, and just hasn't been brought in the house because there you could say it's really like only missing that one more sort of you know sort of permanent context. But if the fruit itself is not yet finished in the processing, you're not nimer malato. Would Shabbos have that impact or not? And um, that so that's the question at stake: whether Shabbos is koveya when it's low nimer malato. And the question is about um, the issue here about, you know, the Mishnah, because the Mishnah talked about standing over the fruit on Erev Shvi'it, um, on Shab- Erev Shabbos on Shvi'it, where the implication would be that when Shabbos would come along, if it was really obligated in Truman and Masros, <laughs> it was really obligated in Truman and Masros, um, then, um, then you'd be stuck. That sounds like Shabbos is Koveya. But the Gemara managed to get out of it. So now we take out with this same question at the top of Lamed Haman Aleph. Let's take a look. Yeah, low, but is it not the case in this scenario of the Mishnah of designating the food where, again, it sounds like in the Mishnah you, you would be stuck and you would not be able to snack from it, and either that's because Shabbos is Koveya, or the response that Gemara had is maybe it's not that Shabbos is Koveya, maybe it's that since you have to designate in order to get at Muksa concerns, you have to designate Mikan and Yochel, the declaration, I'm going to eat from this food, makes it into Keva, makes it into no longer snacking. That's what the Gemara is going to challenge. If that, those words really would be able to have that impact without the principle of Shabbos Koveya. The Halo says the Gemara, but would it not be the case that Motaro Choser, that the remnant would go back? Because if you're saying, I'm going to eat from this section, you'll eat what you eat, but what you leave, you, you don't eat, you'll leave there. You won't even return it. You don't even need to be returned. You'll just leave it there. So big deal. So Bishamin and Rabbi Eliezer, and we know that Rabbi Eliezer, remember, who is the person in the Mishnah, the, the, the town in the Mishnah that says that that's what you do, is you designate, I'm going to eat from here. The Amar, whenever, you, whenever the remnant of the food that you're taking is going to go back to where you took it from, it's not considered to be a permanent eating, and you can snack from it. Nah, let's see the case, and then we'll understand what it's talking about. We taught in the Mishnah. You take olives from the Me'atan, which is some type of a vessel which they're sitting and like they're, they're, the gravity is weighing them down and you know it's slowly causing the juices to start coming out and that's where you place them before you begin the pressing. It makes the pressing of them easier. Okay, so you have this, uh, this vessel, you know, this sort of thing filled with olives but the olives are not nigmar malachtan. They're in the process, you're waiting to the next stage so then you're going to press them. Tovel achat achat You can dip them individually in salt and eat them. That, that, obviously you don't have to dip them in salt, but that's the way they would eat their olives. Um, and that's an example of snacking. So again, it's not nigmar malachto. You can snack from them even if you haven't taken trumas and maestros. The inside. 
Well, if you, well, by the Zaysim, it would not be the Zaysim themselves. If there are things that you're going to use in the process of making olive oil, it's only the Ingram last one is oil. Right? That's why the Torah speaks about taking trumas and mices from oil. Right? It says, Taganti Roshri Yitzhar. Right? No, that's why specifically they're in a me'atan, because that's part of the process of turning them into olive oil. Okay? If you were planning on eating them, that's a if you, that's not the process they're in, that's a different story. But here they're clearly in the process of becoming olive oil. Okay? Okay, so that's what you, that's what you can do. Uh, but, the taval v'natan l'fanav, the original Mirsten doesn't have the word asara, meaning if you dip, dip like a whole group, and you put in front of you, like you took a whole plate of them, then chaya, then that's no longer a snack. You sat down with a plate of them, and there it's your keva and your chayav. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Mina me'atan tahor. I'm sorry, Mina me'atan tahor chayav. If you took them from a me'atan, from this collection of vessel, and that was tahor, then, and you take a group to sit down and eat with a pile of olives, then you're obligated to Mishimaisis. Mina me'atan tamei, if it's from an impure one, patur, you're exempt. Because you return what's left over. So what difference does it make if it's Tzara Tameh? So it's pretty obvious, but the Gemara spells it out. We ask on this. What difference does it make if the vessel they were in was Tzara Tameh? Rabbi Avo says, The first case, the problem is that when you take them, you're going to make them Tameh. So the first case is they were all in a pure vessel, all the olives were Tahor, you were Tameh. So what's going to happen? You take them. You can't put the, what's left over back. You'll make all the rest of the olives tamay. So in that case, the low matina hadale. You can't turn, you can't return what's left over. So when you take a group of olives to eat, that's it. They're taken away from their vessel and they're not going to return because you've made them tamay. But seifa in the second case where the vessel is tamay, b'me'atan tamay v'gavra tamay, it's tamay and you're tamay. The matina hadale. So you eat what you eat and what you don't eat, you put back. And there's no problem because so what they're tamei they were tamei to begin with okay fine so that's just the difference but what's the what's the basic halacha the halacha is you took a pile of stuff you sit down to eat from them is that keva or is that arai that's the question because if it's before nigmar malachta you can eat from them snacking but you can't sit down to a meal so you've got this pile of olives olives normally you won't consider to be keva I mean, it's not bread it's not whatever but okay you took a whole pile you sat down is that keva so the Tanakhama says yes. Rabbi Eliezer says, if you're planning on just eating what you need and putting the rest back, that's not keva. That's awry. And therefore, you do not, you can do it that way even before taking tunes and mysis. Okay, so that's what he says. So now, how is that relevant to us? Because us, we're saying that when you get up and you say by these olive, by these uh, food, on the, in the Mishnah, on Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos, on Shviyas, so I'm going to eat from here tomorrow, we wanted to say that that word of verbally designating makes the eating keva. So the Gemara says, how can you say that makes the eating keva? If when you actually took them, a pile of them, it's not keva since you're going to return the leftover. When you only verbally designated, then the, the leftover is already returned. Anything you're not going to eat is going to remain where it was. So it's already in that, back in that original state. How can that word make it more keva than the physically taking once it's on its way back? Here it's not even on its way back. Here it's already back. Let's just read that. So the Gemara says like this. Um, so the Gemara says... Um, 
Okay, so our Mishnah, so the Mishnah says, one minute. Well, we can get out of it. We can say our Mishnah is your Tameh, and the fruit or whatever is Tahor, and the whole sort of, you know, uh, whatever, the, 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 the context is Tahor, so therefore you won't be able to put it back. So it's also a case of that you can't return it, and it's also a case where it could be Keva. But it says, no, what do you mean you can't put it back? They're already returned. Meaning, if you take, you say, I'm going to take from here, and you take five, and you leave the rest behind. The rest remain tahor, and you didn't even have to return them. They just remain in their natural state. So the Gemara is saying, if the actual act of taking and sitting down to eat a pile of them doesn't make it keva, because it's in a context where what's left over will go back, so how could verbally designating making it keva if the whole reality is that anything you don't eat is going to not only go back, but is even going to stay where it is. It all remains in the context of that original location, and anything eating is going to seem like a mere type of a snacking, not a real removing it from that original context. So that is Gemara's, again, argument that it can't just be that saying it does the job. It must be a different principle. It must be the principle that being Shabbos is what makes it kefa. Yes? Yes, exactly that. So, uh, I don't understand the idea of taking it back to my kefa. So you're saying that, like, you know, let's say you get Shabbos. Any meal. So like, I have this whole tray of chicken. So, you know, I take it out. Then, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. So, no. so, so that's a very good question. Where, the question is, where are you taking it back to? If you're taking it back to your kitchen or your refrigerator, it is keva. But here, the point, so thank you, thank you for clarifying. The point is you're taking it back to that context in which it's not nigmer melachto, in which it's still being processed, right? So that's the issue. The issue is that if there, this thing is in the process, and I'm just like snacking a little bit, it's almost like the psukim in firm, right? When it's like, you know, when you're going to, uh, you know, workers are going to harvest, you know, you can't stop them from eating a few grapes. It's in the process. It's still, this is not nigmar malakta. The fact that I'm eating it doesn't mean it's done yet. The stuff is still in this process. I'm just snacking a little bit. So if I'm taking, if I take and I remove it and I bring it home and I eat on my table, but I'm not done with it, I put it in my refrigerator, this is out of that context of being in the process of, you know, of, of finishing to its process. It's now in a completely different context. But if I take a handful, I snack, and I put the rest back, then this is not, this is still in that context, and it's not nigmer malachto. So that's a very good one, and that's the same thing here. What you don't eat, you're going to keep up on the roof, continuing to dry out. So any eating that you do doesn't switch it to being an achiras keva. Yes, the only question is maybe Shabbos should. Yes. Your, ta- your tame and, uh, what is this? Me'atan. Yeah, the matan is, is tahor. Right. So I dip in to get some of the right. Right. So I can't put those back as if right. I'm Right. How come the whole thing doesn't become tahor? Okay, good question. Kid? So Rashi and Tosos ask that question, <laughs> and the basic answer is one is maybe you scooped it out with some type of a vessel that was not Tameh and that you didn't make Tameh by handling it or you got somebody to scoop it out for you or Rashi says even if when you scooped it out you made the things you immediately touched Tameh we can go ahead and we can like you know remove from that section but if you take a handful and you throw it back it'll get mixed up in everything else and we won't know where they are so that was that's a good question okay so now the Gemara says like this okay but that's the point and you know Michael's question was helpful in clarifying that what if they're still in the context of completing the processing, even as you snap from them, then you're allowed to snap. Once you've changed it and you've made it, they're no longer in that process, they're now part of your table and your meal and your kitchen, then they're chayav. So the question is, words shouldn't do it if they, if they remain in that context, but maybe Shabbos does it. And that's the argument in our mission that it is Shabbos that should be doing it, not the words. Okay, so now let's see if the Gemara continues. El Amr Bar Ashi, so have we not proven yet from our Mishnah that it's Shabbos that has that impact? 
So Rav Shimi Bar Ashi says, Rabbi Eliezer Kamarka, one minute. Our mission is Rabbi Eliezer, right? He's the one who says, you get up and you say, I'm going to eat from this, etc. And therefore, the implication being that if it wasn't Shviyas, it would be a problem to eat from it. So that's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer Letamei. Rabbi Eliezer goes according to his reasoning. You're right. Our mission assumes that it would be Achilas Keva, because presumably because of Shabbos. But that's because we're working within the position of Rebbe Eliezer. And Rebbe Eliezer in general is more ready to see things that makes things considered as achilas keva and obligated in Trumas and Maestras. The Amar, because Rebbe Eliezer goes according to his reasoning, who says, Truma kava, that the taking of Truma makes it into what's left into achilas keva. The Kol Shabbat, and certainly something like Shabbat. So I have to tell you, I don't exactly understand the Kol But anyway, let's see the position of Rebbe Eliezer. No, we taught in Mishnah, in Maestras. Um, so let's say you have this fruit up on the roof drying out or these olives waiting to be pressed and you decided so it's a funny halacha on the one hand you can eat from it arai right not keva as long as it's not ningmar malachto when it's ningmar malachto it is completely obligated in trumas and maestros and eating from it even a bit you'll be high in eating keva before it's ningmar malachto it's not, it's, it's not yet absolutely obligated, but what I mean it's not absolutely obligated, it has the potential of taking Trumas and Maestros from it. You can choose to take Trumas and Maestros from it before Nigmar Malachta. You might even remember an earlier discussion in the Gemara that had the Levi coming to you in the fields after you've just cut down the wheat and you're giving it to him as Meister before you've even given the Truma. So even before Nigmar Malachta, you can, you can take Trumas and Maestros and it'll be good, but it doesn't become absolutely obligated in the point that's considered eating tevil until nigmar malachto. So, let's say you went ahead and you had this fruit drying out on your roof or you had these olives waiting to be pressed we would say you're allowed to snack from it and you said, you know what, I'm not going to wait for them to be pressed or dried out, I'm just going to take truma right now. Truma's easy, it can be a tiny amount. Okay, so you take your truma, but I'll wait till take maestros and do the whole weighing and getting exactly 10%, that I'll wait till I'm done. Does the fact that you've taken truma and now you've created, you know, what you took into Truma, does that turn everything else into considering, like, okay, now it's sort of done. You know, from the perspective of Truma's and Maestros, once you started taking it, the rest is locked in already, it's considered fully Tevel, and now you can't even eat from it in a temporary way. And that's what Rabbi Eliezer says. He says, that, nah, we tell them so you took Truma before you, they finished being processed. Rabbi Eliezer says, once you've taken Truma, that's it. Now the rest is totally tevel. You can't even snack from it. The chachami matirim and the chachami malav. So what we are saying is, is that this is interesting because obviously they're not nigmar malachtan. It's not objectively true about them. But they've entered into some halachic state, according to Rabbi Eliezer, where it changes their status or changes the nature of the idea of what eating from them means. So if that's true by truma, it's certainly true by Shabbos. Because as we said, Shabbos makes the eating important. So fine. Yes, our mission assumes that there'd be a problem, that if it weren't Shviyas, there'd be a problem eating from this. Why? Why can't you snack? Yes, it's true, because Shabbos makes it keva, even though it's not finished in the processing. But that's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer even says that Truma makes a keva. This different halachic reality changes it, even though it is not finished in the processing. That's, the, that's true, but you haven't proven your position according to the Chachamim. So now the Gemara says, okay, so the Gemara says, let's look at the end. But the end, only the first half of that mission is Rabbi Eliezer. The end of the mission is the Chachamim. So the Gemara says, Tashmami Seifa. Let's look at the end of the Mishnah, our Mishnah. I'm going to eat from here to here. So look, the Chachamim, the whole debate in the Mishnah between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim is what do you need to get out of Muktzah? 
but everybody implicitly agrees that the reason you're allowed to eat from this food is because it's shviyas. And if it wasn't shviyas, you wouldn't be allowed to eat from it. So we go back to our question, why not? Why would you not be allowed to snack from it? Okay, so the Gemara says, Taima, so this is the Chachamim that don't buy into Rabbi Eliezer. Don't buy into this idea that truma makes it teva. And nevertheless, we see, time up, the Erev Shabbos The reason that it's only a mukta issue is because it's Shemitah. The Lavar Isurininu. You don't take Trumas and Maishas on Shemitah. HaBashar Shnei Shavua, if it was the rest of the years of the cycle, the Vnei Asurininu, that they're obligated in Maishar, Asurin. So both Rabbi Leaz and the Chachamim agree you could not eat from the food if it wasn't Shemitah. Their only debate is how to address the mukta issue. So we're back to the question. Why can't you eat from it? Why can't you just snack from it? Okay, it must be because it's Shabbos. And don't we all know it's Rabbi Eliezer who's more ready to see things as Kepa. This is the Chachamim. Okay? So my time, why is it? Lav Nishum de Shabbos Kava. Isn't it because Shabbos is Koveya? So the Gemara says, no, no, same thing it said yesterday for Rabbi Eliezer. Shani Hasam Kivan to Amar Mikan Ve'atkan and Yochel Lamachar. Since you have to say, I'm going to eat from here to here, you specifically designate, this is the food I'm going to eat. So Kavalei, that designation is what makes it Keva. Not the fact that it's Shabbos, but it's the, the sort of the catch-22. You've got to designate it to get it out of Muktza, and that act of designating it actually makes it that it's Achilas Keva. Now, the Gemara challenged it earlier for Rabbi Eliezer because it said that's not different than Rabbi Eliezer's principle that if you return the leftover, right, that it, that it remains uh, awry. But here, it doesn't have that challenge. Because here, this is the Chachamim. Right? It was only Rabbi Eliezer that says if you return the leftover, it remains awry. This is the Chachamim. So this answer now works for the Chachamim. Okay, well, wait, let's read it. Okay. So the Gemara says, um, If that's true, why are we talking about Shabbos? We should be talking about a weekday, which is, again, a funny question. But meaning, if that's the Chiddush, to tell you that uh, to tell you that by designating you make it into a chinglas keva, then they shouldn't have given me an example by Shabbos. They should have just told me in general by Shabbos and Maishas, designating it makes it a chinglas keva. Why do you give me this complicated case by Shabbos? Why did you sort of intersect this with a muksa discussion? So the Gemara says, no. Hakamash Malan is teaching me same thing it said yesterday. The tevel muchun who ate Shabbos that even though something is tevel and you're rabbinically forbidden to take trumas and maestros, but nevertheless it would still not be muktza if again let's say it's nigmar malach though. If the problem here in the Mishnah was that the fruit was still drying out, but let's say the fruit was completely done and ready to be eaten, you had these nice, wonderful, juicy apples. But the problem was was that it hadn't taken trumas and maestros taken from it, so you can't eat it on Shabbos because it's usher because it because it's tevel. But the im avar v'tikno mitukan if did the eved where somebody went and violated and took trumas and maestros, it wouldn't be muktza. Again, a very bizarre halacha. You're like Shabbos began with tevel. It was completely usher. But now the saying is that Bidi Eved, if somebody went ahead on Shabbos and took Trumas and Maestros, it does not have a status of Muktza. Since when Shabbos began, even though it was Usr, the only prohibition was a rabbinic prohibition that does not make it considered completely off-limits. Again, very strange. Normally we would say that if something was off-limits, what do I care if biblical or rabbinic? Shabbos began, it was off-limits. Um, again, maybe this is a little bit different because it's food, and food is considered to be so much out of the Muktza category, so much the basic thing that you are going to benefit from and eat from that you need it to be more objectively or more you know with greater barriers pushed away so if this is a very interesting halakha that if somebody bid the evid once ahead and 
fixed and your Trumas and Maestros, it would not be Muktzah. The only reason in the Mishnah there's a Muktzah issue is not because it's Tevel, but because it is up drying on the roof, and that's what makes it Muktzah, not its Tevel. So how do we read that from the Mishnah? Again, to repeat what we said yesterday, because since the Mishnah says that what you do is Erev Shabbos, you get up, and if it's Shemitah, then you don't have to worry about Trumas and Maestros, you designate this and this and this I'm going to eat, so the point is, is that the implication is that you're allowed to do lechatchila if it were if it were shemitah. If it weren't shemitah, mm-hmm. you would not be allowed to designate I'm going to eat from here because it's a problem. It's tevel, and you're not allowed to. But bidyeved, the mission is only talking about lechatchila. Bidyeved, if it went ahead and somebody actually did fix it, actually it would not be a muktzah problem. Now, so this is a very again radical idea that tevel is not muktzah if it's not fixed. And the Gemara is introducing it to answer like a difficult question in the Mishnah. Just again, clarify, because it's not so clear what's going on here. The point is, the Mishnah says, this food, because it's Shemitah, can be eaten on Shabbos if you fix the Mukta problem. So the Gemara's question is, why couldn't it be eaten on Shabbos anyway, even if it weren't Shemitah, because it's only going to be, if it'll only be a temporary, if it'll only be a temporary eating. So doesn't this prove that Shabbos is Kovea, the question? And the answer is no. Maybe there's a different reason. Maybe it's because you verbally designated it. That's why, etc. And then the Gemara says, okay, but if the interesting thing that's going on in this Mishnah is the idea that the verbal designation changes its status and that doesn't allow you to be temporary, why do we give this very... That's the Chiddush. It's a Chiddush to be taught over in Maisras. Why are we giving this example in the context of, Sha- of Yantav and, and Mukta and so on? And it says that's to tell you another another halacha. It's to tell you the halacha that all of this is only lechatchila, implicitly in the way the mission is framed. But b'diyeved, if you, you know, even though we're dealing with real tevel, b'diyeved that won't be muktzah. And the only problem here is because it's up on the roof drying out, and that's why it's muktzah. The tevel aspect is not really what makes it muktzah. All right. So again, a little a little complicated, but that's where we are. Dov, you had a question yeah, before. Things. One is, first of all, to me, it makes a lot of strong sense that the verbalization would transform the eating it to keva because you don't do that when you snack right so you don't make up you don't pre-plan right right so that's like I feel a very clear point the second thing is I don't know why the Gemara felt compelled to make this Kiddush about Tevel right because I would understand the contextualizing this in Shabbat right because that's when you would be apt to make such a verbalization yeah I agree with you I agree the fact that Gemara feels like he why he says oh teach it to me in a weekday scenario and has to say this I mean, there's a big Rashi in Tosos that try to explain why the Gemara feels that's a question. I mean, it's, uh, it's obvious. Like you said, A, that's where you would make the verbalization. B, we want to teach it here because it's an interesting case in terms of a muktzah question. You know, it's like the Gemara saying, well, now that we've decided that the real Chiddush here is about the Dibur, why are, we, why are we teaching about it here and not over there? Yeah, I agree. So it's hard to see what compelled the Gemara to come up with another Chiddush of the Mishnah. And the Chiddush itself is pretty radical. It's not something we normally say. If normally something is off limits, it remains off limits, right? What do I care, they'll write So it is hard what compelled the Gemara to say it, and it's a big Kiddush what the Gemara does say. Okay? That in a way, that in a way is more of what emerges from and press. Okay. Okay. Anyway, anyway, that for us I would say is more of a practical Kiddush, this Tevel idea, I don't know, practical, but anyway, the idea that something that, you know, the concept behind it, um, then this issue here about Gemar uh, Melacha and Shabbos Kovea, which is sort of certain less relevant to our halachic universe. Okay, but anyway, the Gemara has now said, 
in the Mishnah, why can't you snack from it? Either, yes, Shabbos is Koveya, but that's Rebbe Eliezer who's willing to say other things are Koveya, like Truma is Koveya, taking of Truma, or the Chachamim, but then it's not Shabbos is Koveya, then it's just the Dibor is Koveya, and that's what's going on. Since you said Mikan Khan, you're caught in this catch 22. And for the Chachamim, you can't say, how is it any different than the idea of putting the rest back, where it's not Koveya, that was the Rebbe Eliezer idea. The Chachamim say, I don't care if you're going to put the rest back. So even though here it's all already put back, doesn't matter. So either it's the Dibor's Koveya or it's Shabbos's Koveya. Those are the two reads of our Mishnah. Let's, let's get a little bit further, okay? Because it's a little confusing. I want to, I want to sort of get a little more content, uh, go a little further. So the Mishnah is like this. Ramini. Um, so now we're sort of done saying that we understand you can ask the Mishnah in different ways. But now we're going to have a problem of Rebbe Eliezer seeming to contradict himself. Okay, I'll ask you. We have another Mishnah by, in Trumos. You're eating from a cluster of gate, grapes. It's assumed to be that the cluster of grapes is not nigmar malachto, because basically what do you do with olives? You turn them into olive oil. What do you do with grapes? You turn it into wine. So there you are. You're snacking on a cluster of grapes. Um, and you went from your garden into the chatzer. Now the chatzer is like the bias, like we talked before. And if it were... Nigmar Malachto, the bringing of the, into the, into the Chatser, it makes, it's Koveya. But here, it's not Nigmar Malachto, it's still grapes, it's not, it's not yet wine. So Rabbi Yezer Omer, Yigmor, go ahead and finish your snacking. Rabbi Yezer Lo Yigmor, don't finish your snacking, because it had coming into a Chatser. So even though it's not Nigmar Malachto, which is strange, because we said before, not Nigmar Malachto and a Chatser is okay. But okay, we'll see about that. Rabbi Yezer says, finish your snacking. Now, here becomes the more relevant problem. You were snacking on these grapes on Friday. And then it became dark and it became Shabbos. So here's the idea of Shabbos being Koveya. Rabbi Yezomer Yigmur. Rabbi Yezomer says, finish your snacking. Rabbi Yezomer Lo Yigmur. Don't finish your snacking. So here it seems to be, it's so funny. We went to all of these convolutions, whether Shabbos is Koveya. This seems to now be exactly what Rabbi Yezomer and Rabbi Yezomer are arguing about. You're eating your grapes. It's not Nigmar Malach, though. It becomes Shabbos. Rabbi Yeshua says, keep on eating. So, the, I mean, Rabbi Yeshua says, keep on eating. Shabbos isn't Koveya. Rabbi Yeshua says, don't keep on eating. Shabbos is Koveya. Mm-hmm. Here it's exactly what's being debated. So, for whatever reason, the Gemara did not bring this in. Maybe then we would have had all, lost all the fun of trying to fit it into our Mishnah. I don't know, but okay. But what we now have is a problem of Rabbi Yeshua on himself. Because we just got through saying that the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer's position in the Mishnah, that these things are a problem if it weren't Shemitah, because Shabbos is Koveya. And here he says, in this case, finish eating the grapes. Shabbos isn't Koveya. So how do you make sense of this? So the Gemara says, Hasim Kirik Tani Taimah. No, 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 no. You have to understand what's going on in that Mishnah. Here's we explain the reason. Rabbi Nosson Omer, Rabbi Nosson says, Lo Kishama Rabbi Eliezer Yigmor Bechatzer Yigmor. When Rabbi Leah says finish and you're in the courtyard, he doesn't literally mean finish. Okay, what does he mean? Ella, he doesn't mean finish eating while you're in the courtyard. Take it out of the courtyard and finish eating. Being in the courtyard does not turn it into, um, a, a, you know, that you can't eat from it without taking truth and maestros. But what it does mean is while you're in the courtyard, you can't eat from this. That would be considered achilas kava. Take it back out and you'll be fine. The local Shammar Rabbi Eliezer Yigmor B'Shabbat Yigmor when he says you can finish it it doesn't mean finish eating it on Shabbat Ella what he means is Mamtin L'Motzei Shabbat Yigmor just because it became Shabbat is not going to create a problem after Shabbat eat wait till after Shabbat Yigmor and finish it okay it doesn't sound like what he's saying but what is he saying now so it's interesting when we say Shabbos is Koveya it could mean one of two things 
It could mean it changes the status. Once Shabbos passes over, the status of the grapes are changed, of the food is changed, and now, even after Shabbos, you can't snack from it. Now it's considered like it's done. Okay? And that's one possibility. The other possibility, doesn't not so clear why that should be true. Remember, the reason we said Shabbos is Koveas is the Karatel is Shabbos Onen. That eating on Shabbos is considered like serious, weighty, important eating. So if that's true, it doesn't change the status of the grapes. What it means is, is that when you eat on Shabbat, that type of an eating is not considered snacking. But if it, it went through Shabbat and you're eating it on Sunday, the status of the grapes remains the same. Now Rashi does say, because there was a mission we quoted at the beginning of the sugya, that if they remember the kids hiding the figs in the field for Shabbat, that maybe if you were to put the grapes aside and say, I'm going to eat these on Shabbat, that then changes their identity even on Sunday. But if you haven't designated it for Shabbat, it just happens to be Shabbat, then the only problem is their status hasn't changed for Sunday. The problem is don't eat it today. The eating today will not be considered snacking. So, Rabbi Eliezer says that in this case here, is it a Gemar Malachto or not a Gemar Malachto? Oh, I mean, what's the status of Shabbat when it's not Gemar Malachto? Rabbi Eliezer says you can finish, but he doesn't mean you can eat it now on Shabbat. Eating on Shabbat is considered a of Kevra. What he means is you can hold it until after Shabbat and eat it after Shabbat. That's what he would say. So how does this resolve Rabbi Eliezer? Again, Rabbi Eliezer in the Mishnah says we're talking about Shemitah, the stuff that's drying out on your roof. If it weren't Shemitah, the implication would be you can't snack from it. Why not? Not Nigmar Malachto. Must be that at least Rabbi Eliezer holds Shabbos is Koveya. Okay, but now we've clarified. What does that mean, Shabbos is Koveya? It means snacking. If the snacking is on Shabbat, then it's considered a, a fixed meal and you have to take Tumas and Maestros. Here where he says, finish eating your grapes, he says, you can wait till after Shabbat and finish it. That's fine. But if you wanted to eat it on Shabbat, then even Rabbi Eliezer would say, and that's the assumption in the Mishnah, that Shabbat is Koveya. So if I have yes. a plate of figs on Shabbat, I should bench after I'm done. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure Kaviyah is exactly the same as benching, but okay. Um, now, um, now I do want to say that now what's so funny again, because the Gemara went through all of this complicated discussion of is Shabbos Koveya based on our Mishnah, but now what have we found out? That both Rebbe Eliezer and Rebbe Yoshua say that Shabbos is Koveya, right? They both agree that you cannot eat it on Shabbat itself. The whole debate we've now said is can you even finish the grapes after Shabbat? Right there, Rabbi Leah says, oh, once it's Sunday, then you can eat them. Rabbi Yoshua says, no, you can't eat them even on Sunday. But they both agree you can't eat them on Shabbat. Right? So they both say that Shabbat is Koveya, sort of, you know, and so funny that the Gemara sort of, you know, did these acrobatics to try to, discuss, to figure it out. Here, both of them seem to agree the way we framed it, that Shabbat is so Koveya. What? No, 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 because of Shemitah, there's not a problem with Shumas and Maishas. Point is, if it weren't Shemitah, then that would be a problem. Okay. So the Gemara says like this. Okay. So um, where are we? So okay, we had a whole complicated issue whether our mission assumes that Shabbos is Koveya because our mission assumes you can't snack. We basically said maybe Rabbi Eliezer holds it, maybe the, but the Chumim don't necessarily hold it. Now we've seen that both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua say that on Shabbos itself it would be a problem. Everybody there seems to say Shabbos is Koveya. The whole debate is after Shabbat whether you can eat, and there Rabbi Eliezer is more lenient and says after Shabbat then you can go back to eating from it. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this: Ki also Rabbi Yochanan Echad Shabbos Echad Tumah Echad Chatzav Echad Mekach 
So although all of this evidence until now has been pushing in the direction that Shabbos is Koveya, even when it's finished process, before it's finished processing, the statement now from Eretz Yisrael in the name of Rabbi Yochanan is against it. Whether Shabbat, whether Truma, we saw before the idea that Truma was Koveya, the taking of Truma, whether being in the courtyard, that was also debated between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, right? If it's in the courtyard while you're eating your, your cluster of grapes, whether it's a sale, a purchase, maybe that gives it weight and makes it sort of changes its identity. None of those makes it keva, makes it a problem, makes eating from it a problem if you're snacking from it, unless it's finished in the processing. But before Gmar Malacha, all of these are not a problem, so everything we said before would not be, you know, all the ways we read our Mishnah, we read Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua, that Shabbos is Koveya, that's not Lehalacha. Okay, let's now go through this list. So, Shabbos, the Shabbos is not Koveya, to exclude the position of Hillel. Again, funny, could have said to exclude Rabbi Eliezer, we've just been talking about Shabbos being Koveya for the last daf. now we're going to be introduced to yet another position that Shabbos is Koveya. Ditan, we turn to Brisa. Now that's a very strange uh, phrase. You're, you're piling up the fruit. Ma'amer is like gathering them up in a big pile in the yard from place to place in order to harvest them. What does that mean? So, the other, the better gears is ma'avir peirot mimakom lemakom not your ma'amer, but your ma'avir, you're transporting them and not liktsor, but likatsot in order to, remember that's the verb we've been using until now, the muktza. You're transporting them and you're going to dry them out. So it's not nigmar melachtan, okay? Fikidish aleyama yom, and now it's Shabbos. A perfect, another example of Shabbos in something that's not nigmar melachto. Amr Rabbi Yehuda, says Rabbi Yehuda, Hillel oser. Hillel was the only one who said that was a problem. So again, quite bizarre. We've been doing acrobatics to figure out his Shabbos is Koveya. We just got through seeing, at the very end of the Sugya, quotes of Bright of Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua, that, they, that at least Rabbi Yoshua says Shabbos is Koveya, and the way the Gemara interprets it, Rabbi Eliezer as well. You're eating the cluster of grapes, it's Shabbos, it's a problem. Now we see a Breitah that says, Hillel says Shabbos is Koveya, right? That Shabbos, once the game Shabbos, you can't eat from it, okay? So again, all of this evidence of Shabbos being Koveya, it's funny that it comes at the end of the Sugya, but now we're saying, Hillel Atma. Hillel was the only one. Oh, of course, we had Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, we had all the other things. Okay, what? No, he alone, he alone was the one who said it was a problem. Okay, so on the one hand, we see now more explicit evidence that Shabbos is Koveya, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yoshua, Hillel. On the other hand, we're, try, we're marginalizing it. We're saying it was only really Hillel, and therefore we don't pass it that way. Okay, so Shabbos is not Koveya. Chatzer, now the type of Lamed Hamadet, a courtyard. So even being in the courtyard, if it's not done processing, is not a problem, then that is to reject the position of Rav Yaakov. Again, that's that same combination. You're transporting uh, figs in your yard and to dry them out. So again, these are not nigmar melasto, these are figs. That's what we taught at the beginning of the sukya. You know, people in your family, they can snack on them because it's not nigmar melasto, even though it's in your courtyard. And courtyard is like being brought into the house. 
Nevertheless, not nigmar malachta, and it can be snacked on. They're in the mukta in the context. Exactly. The tiny Allah, we taught on it, Rabbi Yaakov Mikhayev, Rabbi Yaakov says, no, once it brought to the chutzah, that's koveya. Okay, and Rabbi Yochanan is now saying we don't pass it that way. So we have one idea that Shabbos is koveya. That's what we spent all of yesterday or whatever and some of today discussing, where we tried to say that it was implicit in the Mishnah, it's Rabbi Yehoshua, it's Rabbi Yehoshua, but we reject that. Shabbos is not koveya if it's not nigmar malachtan. Chatzar, also not koveya, even though Rabbi Yaakov says it was, but that's the bright that we taught at the beginning of yesterday, that Chatzar is not koveya if it's not nigmar malachtan. Okay, now, um, Rabbi Yaakov Mechayev, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah Potter. Truma. How about Truma? We talked before that according to Rabbi Eliezer that was Kovea, the taking of Truma. Lafukim with Rabbi Eliezer. We say it's not Kovea to reject the position of Rabbi Eliezer. Um, now we talk in the Mishnah. Peros to Karman. If you took Truma from fruit, before it's, the Malacha is done. So again, still in the middle of the process. So Rabbi Eliezer Oster Lachomehan arrived. The Chachamim Matirim. Rabbi Eliezer says the act of Truma has now changed their status. They're now considered to be done, and therefore you can't snack from them, and the Chachamim still allow it. So we reject Rabbi Eliezer by Truma, we reject Rabbi Yaakov by Chatzar, we reject Hillel, and as we saw, maybe also Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua by Shabbos. None of these things changed its status, went before its Gmar Melacha. Mekach, purchase, to the time, like we taught in Bryce, that even you might think sale, selling it makes it considered like different and changes its identity. No. Halokeach to Enim, if you buy figs, again, all this stuff with figs, presumably figs is because figs is more flexible in terms of when you're going to be done with it, whether you're planning on drying it out or not, as opposed to something like uh, like what are you, like, a, like, a, like a grapes or olives, which prim- primarily are going to be made into, um, into what do you call it, into wine or, or, or constantly oil. constantly ripen on the tree over a long period of time. Oh, a fig? Gamara says that. Oh, that's true. Things, yeah, but that's usually, these are white ones, right? Anyway, but okay, yeah. Okay, um, so Paris, uh, where were we? Halokeh Feini Me'ama so you're buying it from a, you know, some person from the non-rabbinic class. Now, Barakom Shenobne Adam Dorsim, in the place where most people trample on it means which process it and make it into these like balls of figs and don't eat them fresh. So here is a very interesting question. Normally when you buy something from an Amharet, its status is demai. It might have had trumas and mice was taken from it, and therefore, but you, and the majority, says the majority of times we actually assume trumas and mice were taken from it, but there's a minority of times not, and therefore you're obligated rabbinically to take trumas and mice. That's demai. Let's say I purchased it from the Yama Aret once at a stage where for most people it's not done being processed. Now, am I obligated to take Tumas and Maestros Vadai or Demai? Should I assume it definitely hasn't had Tumas and Maestros taken? Because it's not even done in the processing. So maybe, uh, even though, you know, it's much more likely he hasn't taken Tumas and Maestros. Maybe, because, you know, it's not finished yet. So maybe my obligation is a, is a biblical obligation. It's a Vadai. Maybe I can't call it Demai anymore because it's not yet at a stage where I should assume he has taken it. So let's take a look. I purchased this from an Amaret. The Makam Shirov Adam. Dorsim. Most people trample it and meaning and make it into these uh, these uh, you know uh, balls, these uh, rounds of figs, and therefore this is not normally in a finished state. Ochman arai, I can t- eat from it arai. That would be true even if it was definitely obligated. Um asran demai, and I can t- I take shoes and mitzvahs. I treat it like demai, not like vadai. Why is that? Okay. So the Gemara says shmami not plus. You can hear from this three things. 
So the first thing, the thing that's really relevant for us is the fact that I purchased it doesn't make it keva. Because the first teaching, forget the demai question, is that I can eat from it, snack from it. Eat, now why? Because it's not nimer malachto, because it hasn't finished being pressed. Okay, but one minute, it was a purchase took place. Maybe the act of sale, the act of purchase, defines it now as a changed status and defines it as keva. So that's the first chiddush. No, even though you purchased it, since it was not nigmar melachto, you can still eat from it awry. Number one. That's the first shmaminah, and that's what's relevant for us. Now, what are the other shmaminahs? This shmaminah, rov ameyaretz ma'asvin okay, most ameyaretz take maestras, which is not a big chiddish, which means really just that normally you're taking only demise when you buy from an ameyaretz. It's a rabbinic, it's not a biblical obligation. But shmaminah, the third one, which is the bigger chiddish, is that you can take the mai from an art even when the malacha isn't finished being done. Now that's like really bizarre because if most people don't take tumas and maizus at this earlier stage, why isn't it a vadai? So what you have to assume is that while it is not yet done in the processing, still it would be very common to take tumas and maizus earlier rather than later, even though you're not yet obligated, right? even though you're not, you know, you can still be snacking on it. But that is clearly the biggest chiddish, that here is something which, number one, it starts off with the possibility that tumas and maizus weren't taken from it. Right? Because there's always some possibility when you've got buying from an artist. Number two, it's earlier in the processing. So there's even a greater likelihood that humans and mice weren't taken from it. And nevertheless, we still say it's, you know, it's only demise. Most of the time, even at this stage, probably trumas and mice were taken, which is a huge chiddish. Okay? But anyway, the part that's relevant for us is even after you purchased it, you could still snack. So you see that's the idea that Mekah is not Kodea for trumas and mice. One minute. So that it's consistent with that in Brighta, because Mekach is not Koveya for Tumas and Maisras. Ula and it rejects now the following Mishnah that says Mekach is Koveya. What's that Mishnah? Uh, we're going to swap fruit. I have some grapes, I have some figs drying out, and you have some grapes drying out. So I give you a bushel of, uh, you know, a basket of my drying out grapes, so your basket of drying out figs. Okay, I'm sorry. No, they're not drying out. I have my fresh figs, you have your fresh figs. So we're going to swap, we're going to swap baskets. Or, they're drying out grapes and drying out figs, and we're going to swap baskets. The personal purpose of zelikatsot is that it is not nigmar malakto. Okay? Or I give you grapes to eat now, and you give me figs to dry out. Doesn't matter. In all those cases, chayas. Because we swapped, that's a type of a purchase. Right? I sold you my grapes to your figs. You sold me your figs for my grapes. And therefore, even though some of them are still in the process of drying out, you cannot snack from them. Once they've been swapped, it's like they've been sold. And even though lo nigma malachto, you can't snack from it. So this Brighta assumes mekach is koveya. The reteaching of Rabbi Yochanan rejects this Brighta. Okay, Rabbi Yudomer lecho chayav lekatzot patur. No, for eating your chayav, if it's still for drying out, the, the act of swapping them, of selling them, does not is not is not koveya, and you could still snack from them. So, and Rabbi Yochanan is ruling like Rabbi Yaakov. So, in the end, we began the sugya by saying a chutzer is not koveya. 
for something that the Malach is unfinished. We wanted to know about Shabbat. We went through a whole long convoluted discussion about our Mishnah because our Mishnah sounds like Shabbat was Kovea. We said, well, maybe according to Rabbi Eliezer, maybe otherwise according to Chamin, it's just Dibur. Then we saw that there was a Rabbi Eliezer and a Rabbi Yoshua that said that Shabbos was Kovea and a Hillel that said Shabbos was Kovea. But then we ended by saying basically nothing is Kovea. Before the food is actually at the stage of Gemar Malacha, any other things you do to it will not, will still, it's still not done. And therefore, you can still snack from it, whether it's Shabbos, whether it's bringing it into your yard, whether it's selling it, whether it's taking truma. None of those things change the physical reality that the fruit are still in the process of, are incomplete, and therefore they can still be snacked from. Okay, did you have a question yeah, before? Yeah. I've never thought of this before. Is the word demai etymologically an Aramaic question? Like, what is it? Oh, I don't know. That's a cute question. Sort of like man. Yeah, yeah, man. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Okay. Like manu. Is that, is that what, that's a question? Interesting. I don't know what the etymology is. I don't know. You can check gas from the other uh, dictionaries. I don't know. No. Okay. All right. All right. So Hajjah maybe. So that was a challenging end to that parak, which most of it was about Yantav, but we had a little introduction to Trumas and Maestros and this picture idea of Gemar Malacha. We get back to Yantav. Okay. So a lot of the last parak, you know, the last parak was a lot around fire issues, a lot, a lot around making the vessels. Right, that even though you can cook on, y- on Yantiv and so on, you can't make a vessel in the process of it. Most Rishonim assume that that's even according to Rabbi Yehuda that laz nefesh. So that was sort of, you know, a whole collection of things around making food and certain limits of it, particularly in this, in this area about like new fire and other things, particularly associating with making vessels. And in this parak, a lot of this parak, next parak, the last parak, is going to be devoted to the question of tchum. Because even though caring is allowed on Yantav, Tchum is not allowed, and Tchum can create certain restrictions on food. Okay, normally, we talk about Tchum, you know, when we talked about Tchum in Ervin by Shabbos, it was about, like, how far can you walk? That was the basic focus. Can I walk this far? But here, the question is going to be that Tchum also impacts your food. And your food is limited by your Tchum, and can I use somebody else's food to make you know, food, you know, meals for me on Yantiv if there's some difference in our Tchumim and so on and we'll see all of those cases. Okay, but so that's the way sort of the Tchum Tkassim is going to intersect with specifically all these food-related issues on Yantiv. We start, though, with a different point. We start with more of this general issue of Tircha. Let's take a look. Mashilin Peros Derech Aruba You can lower down, we'll see what the word Mashilin means in a minute, fruit, through, you've got your stuff again drying out on the rooftop, Maybe you got up to the rooftop on Erev Yantav and said, Mikan Vatkan Aniochel, like the previous Mishnah. Maybe you have finished drying out, so there's no Mukta problem. Fine, there's no Mukta problem. Now you want to get it into your house. So what you can do is you can lower it through the skylight. Okay, on Yantav. Aval, lo, bishabbat. Not on Shabbat. Now, what's the chiddush that you can lower it? Rashi says, and the point is through your skylight, but you can't basically take it down to the ground and then bring it in your front door. Why? So that's going to be a problem of, again, this issue of kirchayatera. It's one thing to just throw it down the skylight. It's another thing to be schlepping it down the ladder and bringing it in. Again, we should always ask, like these issues that, you know, the Gemara does have, on, you know, it's like a recurring theme. Is it a tircha issue or is it an uvda dechol issue? I would more say it's like an uvda dechol. It's like hauling baskets of fruit down from the ladder off of your rooftop when you're in the house. You know, that sort of evokes that sense of, like, the working that you do, the, 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 the you know, during the weekday, where it's just getting some interest by throwing it down the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the skylight certainly is a shinui. All right, and certainly is not, you know, doesn't evoke this idea of like, of, like, working. But, okay, so that's what it says. You can lower it down through the rooftops, but not on Shabbat. 
So I have to see what makes Shabbat different. You can cover up if you've got fruit out in the yard, you, you know, your, your uh, basket's filled with apples and it's starting to rain. Delaf means a drip. You can go out and cover them over. Okay, and again, that's not a concern of too much effort. It's not a concern of uvda dechol. You're just trying to protect, you know, your, uh, you're, try- you're trying to protect your, your fruit, your apples. V'chein, maybe it makes more sense to think of it was wheat. Something will get spoiled more by the rain. V'chein tarayayin v'chadei shemen. If you've got, uh, if you've got pitchers of, uh, wine or oil, and now they're, if it's raining into them, you can go out and cover them up. V'chein tarayayin v'chadei And now this is really, a, uh, a di- by the way, the Yushami adds to the end of this so that it parallels Avalob Shabbat. You can do this on Yantiv to cover it up and not on Shabbat. The same way you can lower the fruit down the, 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 the covering up from the rain. Okay, and then the last line is Nosin Klitachas Adelaf Bishabbat. But you can actually put, so although some of those things you couldn't do by Shabbat, if you, there's a hole in your roof, you can put a, you know, a pot underneath the hole in order to catch the dripping rain that you're allowed to do even on Shabbat. That actually is taught in, Shab- in Mesechet Shabbat so as know, well. What? All right, well, let's not get into that. Okay, so let's take a look at the Gemara. Okay, so I, I know. So anyway, so Rashi, by the way, again, says that all these things are a Torah problem, right? You could have said it's an Ovda the Chol. Rashi says it's a Torah problem. Rashi also says um, that the reason we allow, and the, he's, he's, uh, he's invoking the later Gemara, is not that fundamentally it's not an issue. Maybe there would be some problems here of Torah, or as I'll say, Uvdu the Chol, but we're going to give you a little bit more latitude to help you protect your things from uh, getting ruined. So that's Hefsin Mama. So if you take a look like at the middle Rashi here, like ten lines down from where the mission begins, Mechasin Etzep Heirot, he says, Because of Hefsin. Now, I do want to say something about the word Is the Torah here concerned just the amount of effort it requires? How much effort does it require to, you know, cover up some pictures? I guess it matters how many pictures I have. But maybe the concern is not just how much effort it requires, but whether I'm doing it with Tzorach Yantav or with Tzorach today. Okay? Let me give you an example, right? This is a fascinating question that comes up in general by questions of Hachana. Okay, so here it is. I'm, uh, I had some um, cereal there for uh, Shal Shudit. Okay, I'm milk it because it's a long Shabbos now. And I took my milk out, and it's like tw- half hour before Shkia, whatever it is. Can I go ahead and put the milk back in the fridge? You say, no, you know, I mean, why do you want to put the milk back in the fridge? Because you don't want it to spoil. Well, that's because you want to have it for the weekday. So you're doing a tachana for the weekday. So, no, so, okay, if you just want to clean up, you don't want the house to look messy, fine. But let's say, no, you really do want to put it in the fridge because you don't want it to spoil. Okay? So, so, the ba- there are some people that say that. I, I, to me, I don't think that. You're not doing because you want it for the weekday. You're doing because you don't want it to get ruined. I mean, this is something you spent money on. You don't want it to go to waste. I don't think that that's just because the reality is you're going to use it in the weekday. It's not like you're preparing for the weekday. You're protecting your property. You so, right. So it's not exactly hachana. But it is interesting that Rashi says that the problem here is Torah with Sorichol. Is the problem that it's Kircha? Or is the, now the Sorichol doesn't mean that it's an Isser of hachana. But what he might mean is, you don't have the general allowance of Ochel Nefesh. It's not like we're saying it's a problem because it's Hachana. But what we are saying is, but it's still not something that you're doing for benefiting today. If you're actually going to benefit it from it today, then that's the big Ochel Nefesh mat here. But you're not going to benefit it from it today. So, okay, we understand you're protecting your investment. Nobody's claiming it's Hachana, but it 
it's not Ochel Nefesh either. And therefore, are you allowed to do it or not? How much latitude will we give you to protect your property? And he says, we will, because of Hefzid Mamon. Okay, let's take a look now at, um, at the Gemara. Itmar, with thought. That's on Yontif? That's on Yontif, Avobo Shabbat. Okay, Itmar. Oh my God, I didn't the time. But with the next 20 lines will be very fast. So you'll see. Rabbi Yudav Rav Nathan, Chatani Mashilin. One says the verb in the Mishnah, his text was Mashilin, which means to lower. Vachatani Mashilin. Both of these are different ways of saying to lower. Amimar Zutra. Mandatani Mashilin lo Mishtabesh. Mandatani Mashilin lo Mishtabesh. If you have the one version or the other, it's not necessarily a corruption. It's not necessarily a bad text. Mandatani Mashilin lo Mishtabesh. Mashilin is not a bad text. The Chsiv Ki Shal Zetecha. Your olive trees will drop their fruit. So Mashilin could mean to drop fruit or to lower. To lower. Um, down the down the uh, skylight. Umanditani mashchilin lo mishdabeish. Now, mashchilin also is a good uh, text because it has hashchul aksul. These are two uh, these are two types of mumim in an animal uh, in, in in a bechor. A shchul and a kasul. What are these? Shchul shenishmata yirecho. The shchul means that the thigh has been like you know um, um, uh, dislocated. Thank you. Um, and kasul sheecha miyarkesav vohot michaverta. That one of the thighs is higher than and the other one it's located on the like in the back of the animal at a you know it's sort of they're not parallel it's at a higher location well yeah but, but that actually more anatomically is, is in a different location okay now anyway so shul means to, to be dislocated to move, so to be removed in a way and therefore it would also be a, 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 a proper verb so Rashi says nobody has claimed that this is their their text, but since he says there are four, three other words that look just like mashilin and mashilin that also could just as legitimately be the right word in the Mishnah. Okay, even though Rashi says nobody actually ever claimed to have that text. Mandatani mashirin lo mishtabesh. The verb could be mashirin. Nan, Rabbi Shmuel Omer, another lo yachof rosho be'adama. Another cannot, you know, sort of uh, launder his hair or whatever, you know, uh, shampoo his hair with like uh, dirt or whatever, with uh, to, you know, to scrub it. Um, not yeah. dirt, whatever. Anyway, nei sheme shirat hesayar, because it causes the hair to drop and you can't cut his hair. So the word mashir is means to cause to fall off. Umandit so mashirin could be a good version. Umanditani mashirin lo mishkabesh ditnan hashkur v'hazug shel svarim that these are two types of uh, of uh, scissors like a large scissor but Tosa says in a tiny little like a uh, uh, tiny scissors you know they sometimes the barbers have these little clippers what saparim I'm sorry saparim of, of barbers so these scissors of barbers avopish nechluku tmeim even though the, the two halves, like the two blades, are separate, they remain considered to be vessels. The point being that shachor, why is a barber scissor, scissor called a shachor? Because it cuts the hair. So mashchirin could have been a you, somehow the word shachor could mean to cut or to cause to fall off. So that also could be a good ver- version of our Mishnah. And finally, Umanditani minashirin lo mishtabesh, and if you have the word minashirin, so also that could mean to cause to drop off. Ditnan, misha nashru kelav b'mayim, if your clothes fell into water, mahalech bahem ve'eno chosesh, you can wear them on Shabbat, even though you'll be dripping wet, people won't think you just, you do laundry on Shabbat, they'll understand that your clothes fell into water, else you wouldn't be walking around with dripping clothes. Or the following Mishnah. Ezu leket. What is leket? Hanosher, grain that drops. Peshat kisira. So the word minashin, and you might remember at the very beginning of our Mesechet, we talked about gzeira mishum perot hanoshrim. Right? Fruit that falls down. So there are about 
five different verbs that this word could be that all look the same that all roughly would mean to fall off. We will continue with a halachic discussion of all of this tomorrow.